Welcome to the Stairway to Heaven. We're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing high-frequency currents now bathing the planet and their effect on us all. The source of vital information for the evolving human being. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Dark Night of the Soul, Initiation and Evolution of Consciousness. After a long, scorching hike in the woods, my old teacher handed me a tin cup full of murky water that he'd drawn from a stagnant part of the stream. I looked at it and back up at him in question. Would you drink of that water, he asked. I took a sniff. It smelled of dead fish and swamp. There were even strings of green, slimy stuff floating on top. Uh, I'd rather not, I finally responded, not wanting to refuse his offering or appear disrespectful. This is the only cup you have, he went on. I'd not brought a cup with us. It was indeed the only one. Yes. It's already full of water. Yes, I see that, I agreed, looking down in the green, gray, foul-smelling sludge of particulate matter. You'll have to drink eventually. Yes, I suppose I will, I responded, wondering how long he intended for this particular educational trip into the woods to last, fearing it would be much longer than I had anticipated. He fell silent and went over to a tree, sat down, leaned his back up against it, and appeared to go to sleep. I sat there holding the tin cup of nasty water, obsessing over thirst, while the crystal clear stream continued to gurgle past just a few scant feet away. On our prior trips into the woods, he taught me that if I drank out of the slow-moving portion of the stream, it might make me sick. But if I drank from the rapids, the water was still alive, as he called it, and would not make me ill. As I sat watching the old man snooze, my mind wandered to how his wife would always instruct me to go outside each morning with a bucket of drinking water from the night before and offer it to the plants and trees. She said they would appreciate it, but it was dead to us. She would then send me to gather more from the rapidly moving sunlit portion of the stream. I was getting increasingly thirsty sitting there contemplating the foul water in the cup when suddenly the lights came on. I got up and gave the stream gratitude for the water as my teacher had shown me on prior tips. I approached a tree some distance from the stream. Taking the water and thanking it for its teaching, I released it, blessed it to sustain the tree, and poured it out at the tree's base. I then went to a brightly sunlit portion of the stream, gave it an offering of tobacco from my medicine pouch, rinsed and refilled the cup from the rapids. Very good, Wiyaka. It's important to honor the empty. You cannot fill a cup that's already overflowing. He suddenly spoke from directly behind me, causing me to nearly jump out of my skin. As usual, I'd not heard the old Lakota approach. Saying no more, he turned and walked silently back down the path towards the reservation. I obediently followed, closely behind. One of life's little ironies is that to create, one must let go in gratitude and undergo this destruction of what was. This is a difficult concept to grasp, much less accept, in a culture that honors acquisition and accumulation, avoiding destruction and loss at all costs. Yet it's this very unwillingness to let go, to giving back, that has created the massive imbalance and resulting violent correction we're now experiencing on many levels. The practice of building without dismantling is not found in nature. Everything has its season, one for planting, 
for growth, one to harvest, one for destruction, and one of empty. Destruction breaks things down to its constituent parts to be repurposed for new creation, free of the influence of the old form. Destruction provides the fertile loam for next year's planting and new growth. Note to the wise, if you don't like the last harvest, become more conscious in your intent, fully cooperate with the dismantling process, and plant accordingly next spring. Another thing not found in nature is taking without giving back an equal measure. Even our bodies take in oxygen and give back carbon dioxide in a totally synergetic exchange with the plants and trees. If we're to evolve, we must undergo destructuring on many levels. Some old structures run so deep as to have been passed down through our DNA. Yet, these upcoming high-frequency times, even DNA influences can evolve. Epigenetics allows us to restructure accordingly as we shift and change through this evolutionary process. One form of destructuring is the ancient practice of shamanic initiation found in one form or another in every culture. Vision quest, sun dance, being buried in the ground up to one's neck and left out overnight, long rigorous fasts are some of many examples. While the practices vary greatly from culture to culture, this initiation is the process of intentionally applying great pressure to the initiate until they shatter, releasing all that no longer serves and making room for new self-perceptions, concepts, understandings, and realities. Shamanic initiations are designed to remove old restrictions, leaving room for spiritual experiences and information unavailable to those remaining subject to the common denominator perception and beliefs. Some initiations, such as shamanic ones, are imposed through ceremony, while others are spontaneous. Trauma and upheaval can serve as to set us free should we choose to embrace the change rather than fight it. The shattering of the perceived self enables one to grow beyond our limitations and that of the culture, embracing deeper truths and wisdom, resulting in the evolution of consciousness. The shamanic initiation is, in effect, actively engaging in the destruction cycle, enabling us to grow. Yet, one need not be engaged in the shamanic practice, or even know of its existence, to experience initiation. Any event that's so intense as to shatter our concept of ourselves and our reality provides just such an opportunity. Many undergo an illness or accident only to come out of the other side forever changed. How we're changed, for better or for worse, totally depends on our relationship to the experience and willingness to let go. These experiences are often referred to as initiatory and may vary from a near-death experience to a shattering divorce. However, the key on how traumatic they prove to be is in our willingness to accept them in gratitude. The dark night of a soul is a term coined by a Spanish monk, St. John of the Cross, based on his own mystical experience. It's the process of shattering and letting go during initiatory experience. The dark night of the soul is the process of having everything shatter and disintegrate, leaving us adrift, alone in the empty, before the new comes forth. Much like massive destruction followed by a silent arctic night, the dark night of the soul, while traumatic, is also very cleansing, sweeping away all that was before going into a still point of silent darkness. 
to the degree we cling onto what was, be they relationships, personal possessions, concepts, lifestyles, or identities, dictates the degree we suffer while passing through the dark night. Some never really make it through the shattering, becoming mere shadows of their potential, hiding in the dark corners of their minds, licking wounds of their perceived losses. These unfortunate souls never move beyond the loss through the empty to embrace the new opportunities. Initiations in dark nights of the soul are natural cycles found in all aspects of nature, including the human one. Unfortunately, our culture doesn't have many guidelines for understanding, much less gracefully participating in either. Initiates are left floundering and terrified with no concept of what's happening or the hidden gifts and potentials therein. They instead focus all their energy floundering around, attempting to rebuild what was lost to no avail. Spontaneous initiations can also be set into motion through the conscious or unconscious intent of the individual. Personal intention is a powerful force and plays a large role in the occurrence of initiations and dark nights. If a person strongly intends to build or create something, they're often blindsided by the destruction of the old required to meet their new intent. Rather than recognize it as their very wishes and intentions that necessitated and brought about the destruction, the tendency is to go into victim. Why is this happening to me? They then abort the process rather than recognize the upheaval is part of the path to their desires. They end up with a partially destroyed existence coupled with a partially constructed one. This is cumbersome, difficult to manage, and not overly efficient, as they're operating with split intentions and energies. Being conscious of our intent and trusting that the events following an implementation of a powerful intent are there to facilitate its creation, it's vital. Being grateful for all things, trusting everything is there as a part of the process, greatly enhances our ability to adapt and utilize them. Otherwise, the tendency is to judge them out of hand, throw up our hands in despair, giving up five minutes before the miracle, if you will. Initiations in dark nights are also cyclic events. In many cultures, such as the Celts, Siberian, Tibetan, and Native American, shamanic societies across the globe honor the destruction cycle, followed by the empty. This part of the cycle is often celebrated during the winter solstice, the darkest night of the year, when the last year's growth is buried under snow, being dismantled to compost to create the loam for next year's budding and growth. By taking action in the season that supports it, our process is greatly enhanced. In addition, there are cycles within cycles, such as day and night, the seasons, the ages. They all coexist. These cycles are present in all things at all times. Expansion and contraction always coexist within the larger overlording cycles. We take our first breath at birth and our last upon death, but we fill and empty our lungs moment by moment throughout our lifetimes, taking in and releasing, expanding and contracting, filling and emptying. Every year has winter, spring, summer, and fall, with each season consisting of multiple sunrises and sunsets, many births and deaths, many beginnings and endings, much give and take. We can initiate any part of the cycle at any time through the use of ceremony and conscious intention. This is a good thing, as it'd be unfortunate to have to wait for spring or sunrise to begin all new projects. 
There are many powerful yet simple ceremonies that facilitate cooperating with the natural cycles any time of the day, year, or age to support our intent. Some of these ceremonies have been or will be covered in other Stairway to Heaven episodes. The energy of the winter solstice or any of the seasons, sunrise and sunsets, is always there to draw upon to facilitate our process. What's needed on our part is mindful intention and honoring of the cycles, accepting all while avoiding none. So, what does all this talk of cycles have to do with shamanic initiation and dark nights of the soul? For that matter, why are we talking about initiation and dark nights in the first place? Just as there are smaller cycles within the overlording ones, we're not just moving from night to day and one season to the next, but also from one age to another at any given time. Moving from one age to the next is a slow process, spanning a long period of time and heretofore virtually unnoticed by many. However, we've currently reached the tipping over point between the energies being supported by the Piscean age to that of the Aquarian. The old way of life is disintegrating into its constituent parts in preparation to reform the new. At this time, we are in effect undergoing a spontaneous shamanic initiation and the resulting dark night of the soul across the entire planet as one age gives way to the next. Old realities are shattering, granting us an opportunity to rapidly evolve on many levels. This evolution of consciousness will support new thought, increased creativity, ultimate mobility, and a synergistic way of life. The process does require our willing participation as individuals and as cultures. We must willingly let go of who we thought we were and how we viewed reality to evolve to our potential. It's now time to give gratitude for that which is passing, let go, and become empty before embracing the new. Yet, many of us are clinging to our old way of life, tenaciously holding to a cup full of foul, undrinkable water, and suffering greatly as a result, all the while whining, I just want to go back to normal. The old normal is gone, the new one yet unformed. The next season is upon us. We must now embrace the empty, honor the dark, the place between breaths, so we can move forward on the other side, unencumbered by what no longer serves. The harmonics have changed. The symphony ended. As the last notes fade, let silence prevail. Sit quietly in the silent darkness before the new dawn and the clarion call of spring. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on the Stairway to Heaven, where we provide updates on the energetic currents, facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is now. <laughs>